Hello? How's everyone doing tonight? Hey, if you guys would, why don't you uh, get on your feet, join me, I'm already on my feet. Um, and I just, really pumped that you guys are here tonight. Um, some of you guys know, actually, because of Easter, we don't have a midweek in two weeks from now at Orion. There will be one at Troy next week. And then we have spring break the next week. So this is actually our last midweek at Orion for like a six week little lull. Just giving you the heads up, but I think what that means is we have to have all the energy of three midweeks in one. And uh, it's interesting, some of you guys, are any of you guys familiar with like stretch lines growing up? Does anyone do that? Some of you guys know I played football, and I remember the Rochester Redskins. Any football players out there, anyone know? And I remember we'd, we'd go to practice, some of you guys would do this, and you do like the team stretches, you know? And so you'd have to, you'd actually have to start counting and so you'd lean to your left, knowing you'd be like, one, two, three, four. Things you don't do after college is stretch. And, uh, but it's funny, we, I stretched all the time, and I always remembered if we were like, some of you guys know if you played sports, like if you weren't loud enough, the coaches would just get really angry and be like, you guys aren't locked in today. You need to get louder than that. I want the whole neighborhood to be able to hear you. So we're like eight and nine years old, just freaking out. And so then we'd be like really loud and be like, one, two, I don't know if any of you guys ever experienced that, but but the reason I say that is there's sometimes you show up to things and you're kind of just going through the motions and someone kind of has to say, hey, hold on a second. Why don't we lean in and let's lean in with everything we have. Let's give God everything we have. And so my posture, my heart is that we would all lean in tonight. Some of you guys know we have 40 days of prayer going on right now. We're right in the middle of that. And I believe God wants to do something like really special tonight. And I believe what that means is we're not just going through the motions like one, two, three. It means we're going to sing tonight like, Jesus, Jesus. And so what I'd encourage you guys to do tonight, we're not going to have a midweek for a while that we just lean in. Do you know what I mean? Like with everything you have, that it's not the kind of night where we slowly get into it, but we just decide like right now, let's just start on 10. Are you guys cool with that? Are you guys good with that? So, so this is how we're going to start. If you could... Why don't we all just lift our hands up right now? We're going to sing this bridge. It says, as we lift our hands, the heavens open. And let's just, everyone, lift your hands up. And let's sing with everything we have right from the start. Sing with Josh right now. Here we go. Come on. Come on. Lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. As we lift our hands, the heavens open. Come on. Lift it up. Let's hear you guys tonight. Come on. Lift it up. 
You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Sing your word. Cause you are worthy. Cause you are worthy. Cause you are worthy. Oh, oh. Cause you are worthy. Cause you are worthy. You are worthy. Lord, oh. Cause you are worthy. Cause you are worthy. You are worthy.
speak I just I just want to sing that that bridge again if you guys would stay on your feet for a second the I've seen you move you move the mountains you know what I'm talking about you guys you guys with me back there you guys with me out there don't just sing the lyrics let it be the heart cry of all of who you are with everything in your body with every fiber of your being let it be the conviction of your soul Every lyric, believe it. Can you move? You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains Cause I believe I'll see you do it again Jesus, we're, we're here for you tonight, God. We want to see you. We want to know you, God. 
And we invite you, God, move tonight, Jesus. I'm really interested in what you can do tonight, not interested in what any of us can do, God. But we want you to move tonight. We want your spirit in here. We don't want a form of godliness, but deny your power, God. We want power tonight. We want fire tonight. We want a fresh outpouring tonight. I don't want to leave the same tonight, Jesus. So speak tonight, God. Give us hearts to hear. Give us ears to hear. Get us hungry for you, God. Let us be hungry for you, Jesus. We want to know all of who you are, Jesus. So we ask you to move in this place, God. We surrender. We submit to whatever you want to do. We ask you move, Jesus. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you guys will, we're going to read the scripture now. That way you don't have to get back up. So why don't you read this with me? Philippians 2, 19 through 24. This is what it says. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show a genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send to him... See how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. You guys can be seated. Good job. Whoa, whoa, is there more? All right, you just, guys, I don't know. Just sit, sit, just sit down. We lost it. It's gone. We lost it. That's on me. I'm like, I'm really struggling to read tonight. I'm sorry. I see some of you. I I respect it. I respect that you're, you want it, but we just, we just got to cut it. You know, we just, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not even going to talk about that verse tonight. So maybe, maybe we'll get there next week. Yeah, I, 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 it seems like I, I don't know how to read right now. I guess, you okay? It's all right, just the Rochester right. Adams, number one public school in Michigan. Central Michigan, the Harvard, of, the Harvard of the Midwest. Is that what they say about it? No? I'm pretty sure, yeah, there was a CNN like in the 90s. It was the end of the world party. That's why they have the reputation of uh, partying. There's also people that love Jesus there. Let me just say that. God bless Central Michigan, actually. But seriously, they, they've been going through some stuff. Um, but yeah, it was funny. I was, uh, last night, let me transition out of that now. Um, it was funny, last night, uh, me and Jenna had the opportunity. We were up at Eastern Michigan um, talking to some of their athletes up there with Athletes in Action, so 30, 35 people. And man, it was just... Um, I think I've gone and been in church my whole life, and I was just sharing my story. It's funny how you can be in church your whole life and actually think you know God and not really know God. And that was so much of my life, and I was just sharing my story, and it was, man, it was cool. There was like, man, seven kids in there that just gave their life to Jesus. And what was interesting, they kept coming up to me because they're like, dude, my story was your story. Like, I've been in church my whole life, but like, I've never really surrendered my life totally to God. And I'm just, like, in worship, I was just thinking about that. Like, I'm so, like, church is amazing, and it's a body. And if you're here tonight, this is a family, and you belong here, and we love you. But the church won't change your life, but Jesus will. And, like, when you see Jesus, just everything changes. Like, when you really see him. We really taste and see the goodness of God. And wherever you're at tonight, maybe 
you're here for the first time, maybe you don't know where you're at with Jesus, God is pursuing your life. Like, you're not here by mistake, but God is pursuing your life. Like, Jesus is very interested in doing something miraculous with your life. He is very interested in what he can do with a life that's laid down. This is John Wimber quote. quote. Some of you guys know John Wimber. He started the Vineyard Movement. He has this line. He said, God, make me like a coin in your pocket and spend me however you'd like. And that is, that is the cry of my life. And for some of you, maybe you've been going to church for a long time, but like church isn't going to transform you. Jesus will transform you. And there is family in church and it is God's vehicle to get his news out into the world. And don't get me wrong, but like you can go to church your whole life and not know Jesus. You ever heard that, heard that line? Like, <laughs> you know, just, I, I'm not going to do it. I don't know it. I'm not going to go there. The joke about the, the Christians in the garage. What is that, dad? Going in a garage doesn't make you a car. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Wisdom from the side over there. From Reverend Dave Wilson. I knew it. He, he, just, he got, got stuff back there. I'm already way off my notes. But like there comes a point where you actually have to take responsibility for your relationship with Jesus. Like, until I was 20 years old, like, I just didn't read my Bible. I came to church. Nothing changed. I didn't want God. He wanted me. I, he wasn't a part of any of my conversations. He wasn't a part of any of my choices in my life. I was driving home with Jenna last night because we were, we were talking about what we were talking about. Because our life, like, we try to live in a posture. We're not perfect. But literally, every decision we, we make is, we try to make it through the realm of what Jesus is calling us to. And we're not perfect, but we, we are trying to surrender everything about our lives to follow him. And there just t- comes a, a certain place where, like, it talks about the spiritually mature. And it, and it says that the word becomes like meat to them. If you're an infant, it's like spiritual milk. And what's interesting about that context, when, when, when we talk about that in the scriptures, in that culture, in order to get meat, you actually had to go out and hunt. Like, there weren't grocery stores. There were probably markets, but someone was going out and hunt. And, and so the reference there is if you want meat, if you want the mature things of God, it's not about someone else giving you milk. Like babies get milk. That means someone else brings it to them. But when you are mature, you actually go and get it yourself. And until you take responsibility for your relationship with God, like I don't, you can come to church and you can hear every message, but there is nothing like reading the word of God for yourself. I, I always have this, this illustration in my mind. I, I imagine when I started dating Jenna, it would have been really interesting and it would have been really weird for me if I wanted to get to know her and I continually went on group dates. You know what I mean? Like, we're hanging out with, with, with 10 people all the time. We would have fun and it would be great. And, but if I really wanted to get to know her, I would, get a, I would go on a date just me and her and we would talk and we would get to know each other and we would share our past. We would share our history And we would fall in love in that place. And it's interesting, if you just come to church your whole life, it's like you're going on a continual group date. And more so than that, you're not even talking to the person you're supposed to know. You're talking to someone else about them, and they're telling you about the relationship they have with them. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, because there needs to be a preaching of the word of God. But if you're living off my relationship with God, you don't have a relationship with God. 
And so there has to be a certain place of taking ownership. I love, uh, I read what Bill Johnson says. I've shared this here a couple years ago. There's something about wanting to eat for yourself, right? Where it's really interesting. Like if I wanted some food and, and Jenna, my wife is like amazing. Like she is one of the greatest servants. Her heart for people is like amazing. And so a lot of times if I'm on the couch and I want some food, I might be like, hey, Jenna, you want to, you know, you're already upstairs. You want to grab me, you know, something from, from the fridge? And so sometimes there's hunger, right, where you're like, I can be hungry and I'll be like, Jenna, I'm hungry enough to ask you to get it for me, but I'm not hungry enough to go up and get it myself. <laughs> and so you can continually come to church. You're like, I'm hungry, but someone else is giving you the meat and someone else is giving you the food. But if I'm really hungry... I'm going to get off the couch and I am going to go to the fridge and I'm going to eat. And I think there just has to become a realization at some point in your life where I really believe like if this is going to be real to you, then you have to enter into a place of personal relationship with God. You actually have to make time with him. Love what we always say here. If, if I want to see what the idols are in your life, all we have to do is look at your schedule. And so there's this place, it's interesting in this verse, right? This is so interesting. It says, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Verse 221. For everyone looks after their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. And so what I, like, I've been reading, I'm like, everyone. What does that mean? Not those of Jesus Christ. That literally... Our lives should look so radically different than the world. That everything we do, the whole world, how does the world work? What can I get? Right? I'm looking after my own interests. Right? I'm looking after my own interests. But not those of Jesus Christ. What is at the beginning of Philippians 2? That's why we call this series the feet washing revolution. Jesus says, do not look after your own interests. And it's one thing to hear that, but this whole year, I literally have been in Philippians 2 from last year because I'm not good at that. I don't know if you guys are like, I never look after my own interests. I'm not good at that. And I remember having this time with God. I remember when I was out at Bethel before school started, I was reading. I felt like the Lord brought me to Philippians 2 because I'm spending time with him. I am eating Right? Like, I listen to all the podcasts. I do all that. But nothing sustains me like my own relationship with Jesus. Nothing sustains me like my own prayer life with him. And you know what? Sometimes, I I love this line. Sometimes when you eat, you don't always remember what you ate the day before. But it's still giving you sustenance and it's still growing you. Every time you spend time with God, it might not be this miraculous meal. But it's still sustaining you and growing you every day. What's interesting, I I remember reading, um, like about war tactics, right? If you wanted to defeat an enemy and you can cut off their food supply from coming in, they are going to be so weak. The enemy will be able to come in and just destroy any any army if they're starving, right? If they don't have water, they don't have food. And it's so interesting. We actually have an enemy. It says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you would have life and have it to the full. But some of us, like, we are continually in a, in a, rough despair place because we haven't eaten the word of God in months. And it's, we can walk around. I know I do it. If I go like five days, I'm just depressed a lot of times. 
And I'm like looking at my circumstances and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, God, what are you doing? What's going on? And what's really happening is I haven't eaten anything. I am weak. You know, like if, if the word of God is the bread and his spirit is his water, like if we're not drinking and we're not eating, how can we have any strength? We have nothing to defeat the enemy with. The word of God is our sword. But there's something about this place of like hungering for God, right? Hungering for God with everything you have of saying, maybe here tonight, God, I've been going to church for 30 years and I've actually never spent any time with you. And I'm not talking about just, like, behavior modification. I'm not talking about just, like, being a good husband or being a good wife or having a good family. All those things are great. But people are really good at that, even that don't have the Holy Spirit sometimes. And so you can go get a self-help book and you can learn really good lessons and grow in wisdom. But there is a difference than just doing life well and actually knowing Jesus. Like, really knowing him. Like with everything you are, that you would not settle for where you've been the other day. I know with my relationship with Jenna, I'm, I'm not content with where we were four years ago. And we're not perfect and we're figuring things out, but I want to hear her voice. And you know what? Sometimes I don't hang out with Jenna about what I can get or how I feel after. You know what I mean? I think so often with God, we're like, well, I spent time with him and I didn't feel good after. The point wasn't for you. It was for connection. It was to hear each other's voice. It was to be in his word. I really believe so often we leave our time with God. I, even, I remember when I first started following Jesus, at the end of the week, I'd be like, that was stupid. That did nothing. Because my whole point in spending time with God was like for something to happen instead of connection. And we get so caught up. I'm like, what am I supposed to do there? He's just happy you came. You know what I mean? Like when me and Jenna hang out I, and we go out on a date, I don't think beforehand, like, what are we going to talk about? What are you going to do? I'm just happy we're spending time together because at the end of the day, I might not feel it in the moment, but it is going to lead to radical transformation, right? That we're talking. And when we don't talk, things get distant and you don't really know. And what's interesting, I feel like even in the move and in, 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 in the relationship with God, I feel like so often I talk to people and they're like, I know my identity in Christ. Now we had a talk. But if I went to my son, I don't have a son, probably someday, pray for us. And uh, we're practicing right now. Um, just making jokes. All right. Keep it away. But can you imagine if I went to my son and I said, you are my son and who I am well pleased. I love you so much. You're going to change the world. I would die for you. You mean everything to me. I told him that when he was three years old. And then we didn't talk again for five years. Just because you know your identity in one moment doesn't mean it's going to change your life. Identity is sustained through continual relationship. Does that make sense? Because there's a lot of people in this world that have fathers that they never talk to their fathers. And just because they have a father, it doesn't make them feel like a son, right? They still might live like an orphan, even though they have a father. But what makes you feel like a real son is that you have intimate connection with your father, right? And so, so often I I talk to people and they're like, I know my identity, And I'm like, you might say you know your identity, but you're still living like an orphan. Because you might have heard one time, but that doesn't change your whole life. Identity is established in continual relationship. There's something that starts to happen in your relationship with God. Believe me, if I go six days without spending time with God, I get crazy insecure. Because I have no strength. That's what I've realized. My season in my life right now, it has been a really hard season. 
And I feel like the Israelites in the desert and what the Lord was teaching them in that time, every day he would provide manna. And he said, don't take more than you need, only take enough for the day, and you trust that I'll provide. And each day in my life in this, it feels like a desert season, what the Lord is teaching me is he's teaching me absolute dependence upon him. Absolute dependence. And I'll tell you what, if I go three days without eating the bread, the word of God, I am weak, man. And I get depressed and I get discouraged. But something starts to happen when I carve out time. He just, he shields you. Like in a supernatural way. And I'm not saying that means perfect. I'm not saying maybe you'll get healed all the time. But I'm also not saying that won't happen. Like, how would you know? You know what I mean? Like, there is something about just going and spending time with Jesus. Like, you are the one thing I seek. What is the first command? That you would love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And we can do all these wonderful things for him. But he doesn't first want something from us. He just wants us. Like he literally just wants you. And all those things will happen. It says if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit, right? The fruit is the promise for those who abide. And I don't abide so fruit comes. I just abide. And that's just the natural byproduct of it. But my pursuit, I don't read the word of God because I want to tell other people about God. I read the word of God because I want to know him. That I would open the scriptures and I'd say, God, show me who you are. That he is the one who put the galaxies in their place. That he created the earth, the animals, the wind, everything. He created your heart. He knows your personality. This is the wonder through his Holy Spirit because of what Jesus did on his cross. That we can have the mind of Christ and know the thoughts of God. That the pursuit and the whole purpose, I believe, on this earth is to learn who God is, that he is love. And as we learn who love is and we receive his love, we learn how to love. That we're on this earth to learn how to become vessels of his love. And in eternity, we will spend all of eternity discovering more of who he is, the vastness and the wonder of who he is. That we be in awe and reverence of Jesus. None of this was in my notes. I had a really good message tonight. I'm telling you, man, I, I got some zingers in there and I'm not, I'm just not going to go there. Don't worry. I'll be done in time, but I'm just speaking from my heart tonight because I'm just so done doing church. Like I'm just so done doing church. Like I am so hungry for Jesus. I am so hungry for like an an outpouring that is unexplainable. I am so hungry for us. Like, it wouldn't be a place where we come in here like, I'm dying. Lord, give me some water. I'm so hungry that we come actually filled because we've already been abiding and we're not coming to get anything from them. We're coming to pour out. Like, we're coming in victory. I'm just, I just believe that's possible. Not in our own strength. Like, I have no strength. In and of myself, believe me, I know. I've lived without Jesus. I have no strength. I've even lived with Jesus. And when I'm not with him, everything falls apart. But I have tasted and I have seen the goodness of God. And you can't go back after that. You can't settle for just a message or a song. You have to have the presence of Jesus. 
And I, and I, I the reason I'm saying that tonight is I believe like there is this place. I'm actually going to get to my last point. Is there is this place. I got a lot of pages, guys. And I didn't say any of I had this funny video, Brian Regan. It was, it was good. I'm telling you. There is something about humility. Like all of Philippians 2 is about humility. And it's interesting because pride says I can do this on my own. And humility says I need help. And I need so much help. Like I have this vision in my mind. And I'm not saying what God has done here. Believe me, man, we're in the midst of a move of God at Kensington. Like God has reached thousands upon thousands of people, not just here and overseas. He has reached millions of people through the sacrifice of you guys in your chairs, of the sacrifice of the leaders of here. And I honor that so much. And I respect that sacrifice so much because I know there's been so much plowing. There has been heartache. There has been blood. There has been tears. But I am hungry for something fresh. And I want to honor the past, but I don't want to recreate the past. Because I think God wants a new and glorious future. He's not the God of continually doing the same thing again. He is the God of new starts and new things and new things. He doesn't want your relationship with him next year to look the same as it does right now. And I don't want to be preaching the same messages in 30 years that I, that I was giving in my 20s. And there is this place of humility, and it can be confused but when you sit down with God, it says in Ephesians 5, 19, it says, do no longer be filled with debauchery and do no, do no longer get filled and drink wine. It says, but be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the spirit. Do our lives look any different that the resurrected Jesus's spirit lives inside of us? Like, is it actually any different? Like, I think it should look different. You know what I mean? Like, I think that should be real. And what's interesting, that word filled, it means a continual filling. Which means there's this place where we're leaking God's spirit. And so every day for me, when I'm with Jesus, and sometimes I don't get my time, guys, okay? I'll just be honest. But I try to, and I need to get more disciplined in it. And he still loves us anyway, okay? I respect the process. Not all of us are at the same place. And I'm not saying we all should be. So there's no shame in that. I'm just saying, like, Man, over the last five or six years, the most glorious thing, my marriage with Jenna and getting to know her, but in the same, the same place with that, is learning who God is and experiencing his power and his presence and like cultivating this relationship and this intimacy with him when I spend time with him in the morning and I experience his presence because like we've all heard like there is a hole in your soul. When you don't have him, it just feels like something's off, like something's missing. Some of you guys, you might not know God and you feel like your whole life, what am I searching for? There's something there. Because you were actually created to be in relationship with him. That you will feel half empty and incomplete because you were made to carry the presence of God within you. And I really believe if we're leaking the Holy Spirit, like humility says I need help. And the most humble place you can be is in a posture on your knees and surrender that says, God, I need you to fill me. Because is it, it is my heart. I'm going to share my guys. It is my heart that when I get up here, like you guys would be fed and you guys would be filled. And I can't do that. 
the more I speak and the older I get, the more I, I go over there after I get done speaking and I say, God, if there's any insecurity from what I just did and I don't think I'm good enough, I get it to you. And if there's any pride or feelings that I'm great, I give it to you. Because there's this realization in my life that like what I want to see and the dreams God has put in my heart, they're impossible in my own strength. And I know the things he wants to do. We cannot touch them. We can't even get close in our flesh. Not by our power, our might, or our hardest efforts, but by his spirit. By his spirit, he can do something new. And there's this place of humility. Of getting on our knees every day and saying, God, I need you. I can't give people what they need. I can't love the way I'm supposed to. I can't be life to someone else unless you fill me with your life. I can't be for love for someone else unless you fill me with your love. My flesh is so inadequate to properly represent Jesus. But when his spirit is in you, when you are a surrendered vessel of God, that you carry the presence and the glory of God everywhere you go, something starts to happen that is not of man, but is of God. And I am very interested in God building something, not us building something in our flesh. I am not interested in building something with my hands because then I'll have to sustain it with my own hands. But when God builds something, he will sustain it. And I guess what I'm saying tonight, because I'm about to wrap up. Oh, there is an offering. You guys. We're going to receive our offering right now. <laughs> the offering never quenches the spirit. So we're only going up. What is on my heart is I really want a fresh awakening. Like I really want revival. And I, I have suppressed that in my heart for like the last eight months. And I cannot do that anymore. I do not want anything other than an authentic, like manifest presence of God, like outpouring of Jesus. Like that is everything within me. That is everything that when I wake up in the morning, that is what I want. I want us to know him. I don't want us just attending church on Sundays. I want us to leave here and be the hands and feet of Jesus. I want us to love people the way God loves them. I want to invite people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And when we come and gather, I want us to be filled with the glory and with the presence of God. I want them to put a fire inside of us that will never go out because people will become like you. You will create people in your own image. God created you in your image, but you will create people in your own image. If you are lukewarm, your followers will be lukewarm. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And people will become like you. I heard the quote, I've heard, said it here. You will teach what you know, but you will reproduce who you are. And I've never seen a stick start a fire. I've never seen a stick start a fire, but I've seen a fire start a lot of fires. And I'm really interested in us... Like, you will not burn just coming to church on Sunday. And you will not burn just coming to Wednesday night service. Like, I'm just being honest. You will start to burn when you personally take responsibility for your relationship with God and say, and it's not going to look like me, okay? Let me just say that. Like, your time with God won't look like 
my time with God. And that's okay because God made you uniquely. I'm sure your marriage doesn't look like my marriage because we're unique people and we have unique relationships. So I'm not saying your relationship should look like my relationship, but for you to say, God, I want to know you in the depths of my heart, right? Personally, And you to discover for yourself, I'm done sitting on the couch and letting someone else bring me food. But I am personally going to invest myself and say, God, I'm actually going to pursue you. And I am literally going to get to the place as much as we can, because I'm not perfect either. But literally, I will get on my knees before you and say, if you want me to go, I will go. And I might not feel equipped and I might not feel like I'm qualified, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to have more faith in your ability than my disability. And if you say stay and you say put down roots, even if it's hard, I'm going to stay and I'm going to put down roots. And that addiction in my life, that thing I am struggling with, maybe it won't change tomorrow, but I'm going to continually pursue the freedom that you promised me. And I'm not going to settle for something less than that. God, stir up courage in our hearts, right? That you give me strength to keep going. That I would be steadfast. But I am so interested in each and every one of us taking personal responsibility for our relationship with God. I am so interested in in hearing stories from each and every one of your lives, even from this night, that say, dude, I surrendered tonight. And I see you in four years and you say, I don't even go here anymore because I had to go overseas. I don't even go here anymore because I had to start this business. I don't even go here anymore. And I am so interested in five years from now, people coming up to us on staff and saying, oh my gosh, I gave my whole life to Jesus and I stepped into the plan he had for my life. Because I believe there are people, I believe there are businesses, I believe there are nations and God is waiting for people. Believe me, he says, it's the will of God. For the whole world to come into the knowledge of him. That means he wants everyone to know him. And I believe he is waiting for people that will go and tell them. Because he wants them. He chose humanity when he died on the cross. He chose every single person. Who will tell them? Who will go? And let me tell you, if you're like me, and for the next two weeks you spend no time with God, you're going to be done in about two weeks. There's no strength apart from him. And that's why I'm saying humility says I need help. And this is how I want us to end tonight. It's 2 Chronicles 7, 14. This is what it says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. This is a message for all of America. It is not hard. It is not hard. This is a message for the whole world. You want to know when transformation is going to start to happen? When people get on their faces, they humble themselves, they pray and seek God, they turn from their wicked ways, and he will forgive their sins and he will heal their land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And so there is a place of humility that gets on your knees and says, God, I'm going to humble myself 40 days of prayer right now because we're humbling ourselves. We're saying, God, 
I want to turn from my wicked ways. I don't want to just be a church attender. I want to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And so the way we're going to end tonight, when all you guys, why don't you stand? I'm figuring out things as I go, so stay with me. And I'll say this, I'm going to, I'm going to do two calls and we're going to do like old school, like altar call. I'm, I'm telling you, because I want to pray over people and I want our prayer team to pray over people. But if you're in here tonight and, and you don't know Jesus and you want to know Jesus, like that's really simple. I'm going to ask you to be really bold and just walk forward. Does that make sense? So I'll give about five seconds if anyone wants to walk forward. Anyone? Anyone? Anyone walking forward? This is your this is your moment to say I want to know Jesus. I'm looking around. Okay, good. You can still come. You coming up over here, my man? Are oh, you coming up? I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. I see people walking. But this is what I'm going to say. If you're here tonight and everything I said, you're like, yeah, dude, I'm I'm not sold out. Like, I'm not sold out at all. That's very simple. Like, I'm not fully surrendered, and I want to be surrendered, and I know right now I want to surrender everything to Jesus. Then I would, I would encourage you why, don't you, why don't you walk forward right now? And just come up here and get on your knees. Because I think that'd be really cool. And so I don't know if there's anyone else come in. You coming up here? You can stay right there, no. If, there, if there's anyone else, come up. Yeah, just keep coming up. I'm just waiting. I'm really good with awkwardness. And so this, this is what I want to do. Um, why don't all you guys behind these people reach out to them? And I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray that prayer. And I'm going to pray for all you guys and I'm going to pray for our church that God does something amazing. Because he's, it's just only his spirit like that builds anticipation and expectation. And I hope this Easter, man, like, man, thousands of people come to know Jesus. And I hope in the next year, just hundreds of people are baptized. And even more than that, I hope people just know God. Like, I, I, that's my prayer for myself because there's a lot more to know. And I'm hungry to know him. So if you would, I'm gonna get down on my knees. If you wanna join me, you can get down on your knees. That's cool with me. And we're gonna pray for you guys and I'm gonna pray for our church. Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, 
God, we need you. We need you, God. To come and heal hearts, to eradicate sin. God, I don't want want to walk where you're not. I don't want to, I don't want to habitually live in sin. God, I pray you break addictions right now. That you would heal hearts, that you would heal whole, whole souls, God. That you would heal our land. I pray for each and every person in this front row right now, God. I pray that you would fill them fresh with your spirit, Jesus. That right now, even your fire would go through their bones, through their veins, through their bellies, Jesus. That even their heads, they'd feel fire on their heads, God. That you would absolutely move in every part of who they are. That you would break oppression, God. That you would set people free from discouragement and and just absolute unbelief, God. And Jesus, all I'm praying, God, is as a church, Jesus, God, we repent from any places we've sinned, God. We, we repent, God, from any places we've quenched your spirit at Orion, God. We repent, God, for putting other things before you, Jesus. But as a congregation and as a body, God, right now, I believe as one voice we're saying, God, we want you. And we need you to come and heal our land, God. We need you to forgive us of our sins, God. Because we know you are faithful to forgive when we confess, Jesus. And I'm just asking right now, Jesus, whether people are experiencing your presence physically or if it's just something that as they leave this night, they just can look back on this night and know you did something fresh in their heart, God. Make us hungry for you. Make us hungry for your word, God. Let us see you in new ways, God. Let the fire of Jesus burn inside of us. Make us hungry for the scriptures, God. Give us fresh revelation of who you are through your word, God. Let us cultivate and sanctify our time with you, God. We ask that you would resurrect dead things and dead dreams within us right now, Jesus. That you would resurrect, God, everything, God. We know you've done so much God, and we're thankful for what you've done, Jesus. And we honor what you've done, God. But we know you're not the God who who stops. You're the God who goes glory to glory, God. So eclipse in the future what you've done in the past. Let the ceiling of the past be the floor of the future. Go glory to glory, God. And give us new hearts right now, Jesus. Give us new hearts right now, God. Give us hearts of flesh that are bursting with your spirit. And Holy Spirit, come alive within us. Let resurrection life flow from every part of our being, Jesus. And we love you, Father. We praise your holy name. And we want to worship you with everything our have. Let not just our worship be song, but let it be every moment of our lives, God. Let us be people that don't just worship with our lips, but worship with every deed. When we go to work, it'd be worship, God. When we go to school, it'd be worship, Jesus. When we hang out with our families, it'd be worship, God. But let us tonight, God, let a spirit of worship erupt in this room, God. Let a spirit of worship erupt in this room, Jesus. Unleash songs over the musicians, God, that would reach the world, Jesus. We love you, Father. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen.
It's interesting tonight. Um, I don't think Cody preached any of your message, did you? <laughs> he went somewhere else, which was interesting because uh, I think it was Monday night or maybe it was Sunday night. Cody and Jenna were over at our house and we turned on TV and I don't know what we were going to watch, but uh, somehow we ended up on the Fox, uh, did a special on Billy Graham's life. I don't know if any of you saw it. It was an hour special walking literally through every year of his life and his impact. And, you know, Cody and Jenna didn't really grow up with Billy Graham. Some of you did. I mean, in the 70s, I remember him preaching in stadiums and millions of people. Anyway, all I know is this, this, this one hour was so inspiring. Because Billy Graham as a young man and then as a middle-aged man and even as an old man, but especially you'd see... Videos of him preaching when he was 20-something and 30-something. Let me tell you something. I, don't, I, I didn't remember this like I did. Did you, did you, Ann? When I saw this, I mean, there's pictures of him on stage like this. You know, he is just a passionate, fiery evangelist. It was just so inspiring to watch. I mean, I'm sure it affected Cody tonight just seeing what God did through a man fully surrendered who literally said, God, I'll go anywhere. I'll do whatever you want to do. I mean, it walked through his struggle of believing maybe the Bible wasn't the word of God and yet coming to believe it is the word of God and just how God used this man. Somebody said, 
this one man's ministry led 30 million people into the kingdom. It's just astounding. I text Steve Andrews and some of the other guys. I said, guys, I'm not kidding. I feel, I still think they think I'm kidding. I said, I want to do a weekend service where all we do is invite you in and show you that tape. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to be so inspired if you're a follower of God to do what Cody just preached tonight. Surrender everything and be used by God like never before and go out. You know, you're probably not called to be Billy Graham, but you're called to do the same thing Billy did in your own way, in your workplace, in your home, in your neighborhood. And then people that don't know Jesus are going to come to Christ all weekend that weekend. I don't know when we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. Are you guys in for that? We're going to do it. It it was that inspiring. It was, And it's not done by a Christian thing. It was just done by Fox News saying, this is just his life. I don't know if it's Fox News, but it's just the Fox Channel. But here, here's all I would add. Cody, man, he's so right. God is doing something right now, and we know it. We knew something was going to happen when we started that 40 days of prayer. There's somebody in there right now praying. You know, and I was in there the other night, and, you know, I turned up the sound system so loud at the end of my prayer time, and I was singing, great are you, Lord, so loud, the person knocking to come in. I went six minutes over. She's like, that's okay. It sounded great out here. You know, I literally never realized I had gone over my hour And I'm telling you, if you haven't signed up yet, there's still some slots. Most of them are two or three in the morning. But I'm I'm inviting you. Go in there and do what Cody was talking about tonight. Just spend some time on your face before God, and he'll show up in your life and cultivate something and continue it. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And one last thing I need to announce is is it's that time of year when we uh, add uh, prospective elders to our elder board. And so what we, the way we do that at Kensington is you submit nominations of names of people that you think would be a great elder at Kensington. So if you think of somebody that basically, uh, you know, lines up with the mission and values at Kensington, is surrendered in all ways, and God wants to use them, and they have wisdom and discernment, go to kensingtonchurch.org slash elders, nominate their name, and then we'll interview and we'll add, we're going to add some elders to our elders team, which are really overseers of the spiritual direction of this church. Isn't that good to know we have people that are just flying above it, watching down to see that God is just taking us where we need to be. But I would just say, as you go out tonight, and you can come forward and pray if you want. Our prayer team will be here. But as you go out tonight, man, my prayer is the same as Cody's for you and for me. Man, we run hard. Run hard after Jesus. And as we do, we bring a whole bunch of people with us. You hear what I'm saying? A whole bunch of people with us. Because as Cody said, man, Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter are pretty incredible. This year they always are. And you're going to bring neighbors and friends. And people are going to show up here that have never even considered Jesus. But something's going on in their life that they're going to accept your invite this year. And they're going to find Jesus. And we're going to baptize them on April 15th when we do baptisms. And God's going to just revive something fresh. And he's always doing that. But he's going to keep doing that. And it's going to happen in you and through you as we go. All right, God bless you. See you this weekend. Love to see you there Sunday. Bye-bye.